Hi, thanks for tuning in to the second episode of Gender Critical Story Hour. In this episode, my co-host Esme speaks to Marguerite Stern. Marguerite is a well-known feminist who got her start with the controversial organization Femin. She later formed a project called Collage, which was meant to raise awareness about femicide. Uh, more recently, she's published a book called Heroines de la Rue, or Heroines of the Street. Marguerite explains how street harassment was the door through which she entered feminism when she was 20 years old. She has a remarkable history within the movement, um, including being a full-time activist living in a collective with other women. She's been in prison. She's lost her home. She's suffered all kinds of consequences because of the work that she does. And I was really, really touched when she described um, that sometimes you actually need to take a break from the work that you're doing. She said you have to act with your heart, and when you're doing activism, it means that you have to be all in. Um, so actually, after the Charlie Hebdo shootings in France, she decided that she needed to take a step back, and so she did. I think that's a great reminder for all of the women who are helping out in this movement, fighting for women's sex-based rights, that this is hard work that we're doing, and it can really take a personal toll. Um, sometimes our safety and well-being are literally threatened, um, and we do need to take a break. We do need to step back. And even for this episode where Esme took over the interview, in a small way that was so that I could take a step back because of some stressors that I've been going through recently. So thank you for that, Esme, and thank you to all of the incredible, brave, and strong women who are doing this work that gets us into a lot of shit. Um, and yeah, I just have to say Marguerite Stern is one impressive and brave woman, so I really hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I did. Salut! Salut! Marguerite, welcome. Uh, thank you for coming on Gender Critical Story Hour. And um, you're in Paris. I'm in Toronto. And unfortunately, Amy couldn't be here today. So it's you and me having a conversation. And, we're, and Amy and I are very excited about that. So welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited too. Yeah. So you've been very busy. Um, you've just had your book based on collage released, and uh, that just happened, I think, in late September. We'll get to talking about that towards the end of the interview, but I wanted to ask you, first of all, about your background and how you got involved in Femin and some of the protests that you were involved in, and, and tell us a little bit about that, because it's really interesting what you have done in that regard. Okay, about Femen. So um, I entered Femen when I was uh, something like 20 years old. I was living in Paris. And at that time, I didn't really used to call myself feminist. Like, I, I, I didn't grow up in a very feminist or a militant family. Uh, but I was just really um, exhausted and angry about the street harassment. So I remember that uh, every night when I was going back home, you know, uh, like in the streets, 
some guys were harassing me in the street and I was going out home like very angry each night, you know, and it was like very difficult for me to leave that. And so um, suddenly in the social networks, I saw those girls like uh, popping up, you know. Mm. So they arrived in France. Um, I remember at the end of September, I don't know the year anymore, 2011, something like that. And I joined uh, one month after they came in France, just because, you know, like the way they were expressing themselves, um, I felt very close to it. Like they were going in the street, they were screaming, uh, they were um, standing, you know, in an aggressive way, like they were not trying to seduce men. And I loved this um, image that they were showing that what of what a woman can be in the streets, you know. Uh, and so I joined them, but not knowing like everything uh, about feminism, of course, uh, about some questions, uh, I didn't question myself before. For example, I didn't know at that time what I think about prostitution or uh, uh, some other topics like that. And when I entered Femen, I had the chance to um, discuss with many other feminists. And I discovered that I really agreed with the feminine ideology. And so I became a um, full-time activist. Uh, I started to live in the squat with them. So uh, for two or three years, I was living with them in the squat. And uh, I, uh, I did many actions with them, um, actions in France and actions abroad, uh, in, uh, I don't know, Tunisia, where I stayed uh, one month in jail, in Morocco, in Switzerland, Belgium, Italy, Vatican. Uh, Spain. So, um, yeah, it was a big, uh, big adventure. <laughs> yes. And, a, and an amazing commitment to the cause to the point of, you know, being imprisoned for it and uh, putting yourself in physical harm. Um, that's a tremendous amount of dedication. How many years um, were you involved with Femin? Um, I think three years, something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. It was very intense. <laughs> Very intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I have seen quite a bit of, uh, of footage of the protests and um, the, a tremendous amount of energy amongst the group. And I understand that the founders had come from the Ukraine and they were, um, they were fleeing the Ukraine because they were afraid for their lives and they ended up in Paris. Is that, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. The reason why Femen started uh, in France is that uh, Ina Shevchenko, who is a feminine activist, Ukrainian feminine activist, had to um, escape from Ukraine because she cut up uh, nine meters across uh, to support pussy riots, pussy riots when they were jailed. And so, uh, you know, Ukraine is a very, very Catholic country. And so she was um, being uh, threatened by the police. And uh, she, if she would have stayed in Ukraine, she could have been jailed for that. She would have been a, a political prisoner. So she, she just escaped and she arrived in France. And in France, of course, she decided to continue the fight and, uh, and she created a branch uh, 
a new branch there. And then after some uh, other um, uh, feminine activists from Ukraine had to escape as well because of political pressures. Mm. And I understand that there are many chapters of feminine around the world and in fact even one in Canada. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, there are feminine activists in Canada. Yeah. We are, um, you know, feminine is a universe, universalist movement. Uh, so we fight for the right of women wherever um, they live. So it can be uh, in Tunisia, in Canada, in, uh, mm -hmm. in South Africa, in France. Uh, we, we try to be uh, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And you would characterize what feminine does as radical feminism in the sense that we're understanding what that means now in terms of you um, started thinking about how prostitution uh, was detrimental to women, how or pornography um, and all of the issues that, that come with that. Is that, is, is that a fair assessment to say that you would think that they're considered to be radical feminist? I don't know, you know, I'm not part of um yes. so I don't want to speak for themselves, uh, for them. And mm -hmm. about the um, prostitution, of course, like they're abolitionist and in that way it's uh the radical uh fem feminism ideology and it's even the basis of uh feminine because uh it was their first fight in Ukraine where uh it's uh, quite normal let's say, for a woman to be prostitutes, unfortunately. So it's really the basis of the movement. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't want to... Can you tell me something about um, how you decided to leave the feminine yeah. and go off on your own? Of course. Uh, I, didn't, uh, I didn't leave the movement uh, in bad uh, terms, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm really like, still friends with uh, some of them and sometimes even I, I do again some, like, some actions in Paris when I have time. Uh, so um, it's really not a fight. It's just that after acting with them uh, for three years, uh, I started to be tired a little bit. It's like you're always in custody, you're living in a squat, uh, you don't have really any personal life because I don't know, I gave everything for this movement, you know, it was really like a full-time job, let's say, mm -hmm. um, because you there is a time when you uh, make the actions, but there is also the time of preparing the actions, thinking about, about it um, and preparing it, you know, it's it's really exhausting and also uh you know in 2015 in france we had the um, killing of charlie hebdo uh and um Femen and charlie hebdo were very close and uh it was really difficult for us what happened because also uh because first uh it's like uh our brothers uh died because you know in france yes. uh, the only one to have this very strong fight against religion. It was only Femen and Charlie Hebdo. So we were right. really um, ideologically um, close. But also, um, you know, we were receiving the same de uh, death threats. And when we saw that they were killed, we also had a little bit of fear for us. And honestly... Um, 
after this killing uh it was it was too much for me and uh and i decided to to leave the movement because i was not able to act anymore you know i think when you when you're an activist you have to make everything that you can for um the cause for the ideology but also um you have to do it for yourself sometimes uh you have to act with your heart and we don't when you don't act with your heart anymore you must stop a little time just to uh get better and then start yes. again this is what i did no it's 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 absolutely crucial for activists and for women to take care of themselves um i truly believe that that if if you are not strong um if you don't do everything that you can to be healthy and strong there's no way that you can be helping other people so yes. in that sense you uh, you have to be selfish you have to keep yourself strong and healthy and so you have to do whatever that requires and if it means stepping back to take a rest um then you have to do it so yeah, yeah. so when you were taking a rest from femin it gave you some yeah. time to um to think and that you and then you then created your collage Yes, kind of. Um so um, for three years uh I didn't really act anymore uh in the um, feminist uh, world, let's say. Uh I was living in Marseille and I was working with uh, refugees and um after some time uh I started to miss it and what I started to miss is to you know, as a woman, go and express uh, your point, your anger uh, in the streets, uh, because this is what we were doing with women. And um, the collage thing is actually just the same thing, is like to be a woman and to go in the street and to say what you have to say. And so um, at that time, I was uh, writing podcasts, actually, and uh, mm -hmm. some of those sentences that I wrote, I wanted to to stick it in the streets. I started to have this idea because a friend of mine moved to Marseille and she started to um, stick uh, posters of uh, portraits of women uh, in the streets. So one time I went with her and then it gave me the idea of doing it. So um, I started to do it alone. Uh, and uh, the first sentence that um, I stuck in the street was, uh, let me translate it in my head, um, since I'm 12 years old, no, since I'm 13 years old, uh, men are giving comments about my physical appearance in the streets. That was my first collage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, yeah. For, yeah, tell me. <laughs> well, okay, say that in French for us. Uh, depuis que j'ai 13 ans, des hommes commentent mon apparence physique dans la rue. Ah, merci. Okay. <laughs> and so that was the very first um, collage that you did and it was something that resonated for you because I, that would be the beginning of your journey of being aware of being a woman and of how you are being viewed in the street. Yes, that was... Uh, I don't know, street harassment had, has always been like, it was the, I'm used to say it was the, the door uh, through which I entered feminism. You know, it was my first 
um, revolt, my first, uh, yeah, the first thing mm-hmm. I realized that was unfair for women. So that was the first thing that I stuck. And um, <laughs> then I started to stuck messages against uh, feminicides because um, I was telling myself that if by any chance police comes and uh, and give me a fine in the street, you know, I, I want I want to be able to think that okay, I I didn't post like I didn't stuck um, a message like just any message, you know, I want something to, I want. I don't know, I want it to be, uh, you know, important. Well, all the feminist subjects are important, of course, but I mean, feminicide, it's a question of uh, living or dying, you know, and maybe it's a little bit more important. So I started to, mm. to do that. And you were then turning your attention to the very real and growing problem of femicide in France it's, it's it's a very very big problem it's like um it's a very big problem of course everywhere in the world um mm-hmm. but in France it's uh, one woman killed by her husband or ex-husband every 3 days and um despite the fact that feminists are really protesting for that and for now many years uh, the politics are still not doing anything and our neighbors uh, from spain um uh, tried to well they didn't try they they did something in the law uh they like um i don't know how to explain this in english but they um, they found solutions and they applied those solutions politically and it worked like the feminicides really um decreased like they they were less you know and so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly what we have to do in france so that um this doesn't happen anymore and um unfortunately our french politics uh, don't care they really don't care they don't do anything what has been the reception uh to your collage on the street what what kind of reaction have you received from the media and from um and from general citizens well it depends uh from the media at the beginnings they at the beginning they were really talking about it a lot uh and now not so much anymore uh, even though we are really still uh, very active, because um, and and yeah, I think that they, you know, it's just uh, not the trend anymore. So they don't talk about it so much anymore, uh, despite the fact that um, the feminicide problem is still actual. Uh, and about the people in the street, well, we have a very strong reaction from women that are really saying in the streets where there are those colleges, um, that uh, it gives them the, um, the impression that they are more secure in the streets um, because we don't mm. stick posters against feminicides, but also against all the violences. And we also uh, write messages um, like empowerment uh, messages, like... Uh, saying to women, you are strong, you are powerful. And so, uh, of course, when you walk in those streets and that you see those messages and, you know, they are written by women who were uh, there uh, before you, you feel more comfortable in the street as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we have a lot of men that uh, 
or not happy, you know, because uh, because it's pollution, um, as they say. Oh, right. <laughs> it's graffiti. It's it's uh, it was not authorized by exactly. the state. It, exactly. It's not official. It's yeah, all, for all of those reasons. But I can see how it would be a message of solidarity to all women to be able to see that in the street and would be would be a comfort in some way to to know that there are women who care enough to be able to document um what goes on and the violence that goes on against women and and it's interesting that so recently you also um uh gave your support for JK Rowling and you did a collage uh to do with that which which was wonderful and we saw that on social media um you want to talk about that Oh yeah, if you want, I just I'm not used to um, to be in contact with uh, people who tell me it's a wonderful. Well, of course, of course, I have some uh, radical feminist friends, but uh, you know, I always feel so alone in this fight. <laughs> so thank you. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it became a very big problem in France. Um, all those. Um, queer questions let's say and those transactivist yes. questions um the reason why i started to express myself about um those questions that uh, gk rowling uh, is talking about too uh, is that it started to take more and more space in the collage movement uh, some Instagram accounts called uh, Collage Feminist uh, Paris or Lyon or, you know, um, started to post pictures, like more and more pictures saying, uh, you know, talking about transactivism and calling to burn the um, TERF. Um, so it started really to be a problem in France. That's why I that's why I started to react and give my points more and more. And um, I was very uh, glad when I saw that GK Rowling has the same positions than I, and I found that mm -hmm. she's very brave <laughs> because um, I know what all that she faced because uh, all the, the the threats that she faced for for saying uh, that biology is real, you know, that's it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And you know, I know. When I when I'm and you have faced it as well. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. That's why I had to move from my place, and that's why um, you know each time I meet someone yeah. uh, new, uh, I'm I'm wondering myself if the person hates me or not. That's why also I don't go in the um, uh, protests uh, in France uh, uh, anymore because I'm afraid of uh, being beaten up or stuff like that. Um, <laughs> Horrible. Yes. So tell me about when you first started to see that there was an infiltration of, you know, trans identified people who were trying to come in and take over the movement. What, what, how did that, how did that come about? When did you first start to, to see this sort of sentiment and that they were, um, trying to assert dominance in, in the movement? It was one year ago because, you know, when I start, uh, 
I started this movement alone. I was taking a loan for six months with no media, with no other women sticking with me. I was alone. And then um, I moved to Paris and I made a big call for women to join me. And they joined me. And for one month, they came all at my place in Paris to paint. And we stick together and, you know. And uh, every day, all the medias were coming and blah, blah, blah. And um, after one month, I decided to get a little bit retired from this movement because um, all the attention, like, well, not all the attention, but um, the attention was really focused on me. And for me, it doesn't have any sense to have just one figure, um, you know, uh, I, I don't mm -hmm. know hierarchy and so... I wanted to be a little bit. You were looking for a collective, a, a real collective of women. Yes. Is that you yes. were trying to build that? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so at the beginning, it had a sense that um, I, 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 I'm a little bit the, the leader because I invented it, and also I had um, a lot of experience in activism, which all the other women didn't have. But after some time, I just wanted to get retired a little bit. And uh, that's mm -hmm. when the trans activist um, came inside it. So, but it's and not a new thing in France, you know. Um, it's been yeah. maybe uh, two, two or let's say three years in France that all these movements are taking more and more space, and also that it uh, became very difficult in France to say that you are abolitionist uh, as well. Oh yes, you fight against yeah. prostitution. Yeah, we we of course are fighting the same battle that you are here in Canada, um, because of uh, the policy capture and the legal capture um, by you know um, uh, liberal feminist theory, which is you know. Um, supposedly very progressive mm -hmm. but in fact it is very regressive because it continues to um, enslave women in these these ways that you know commodify our bodies and so on um, it presents itself as sex positive but to whose benefit <laughs> we have to ask right who benefits um, cui bono so um so we are we it sounds like it's a very similar atmosphere in France. Um can you tell me about what happened um you had set up your collective you had set up a headquarters where women were working and collaborating on your collage and you were doing a lot of work in this regard and then you step back and then the trans activists came in and they as I understand it, they sort of took over your headquarters. Can you tell me something about that? Yeah, so it was uh, this summer. Um, so you know me, I have this uh, squat culture of like going in uh, in um, in buildings that are not used uh, and uh, I'm just uh, making your life inside it, like if you want to live inside it or if you want to develop your activism inside yep. it. So it was a big, big place. And uh, we gather up we were about uh, 50 women um, around this place uh, coming every day, uh, painting, painting our posters, uh, preparing uh, street actions because that's, that was the main goal, but also, I don't know, spending time together uh, with that man, you know. And, um, mm -hmm. 
and it was a, a great experience for um, all of us. Uh, and uh, we <laughs> remember uh, um, of this place as a uh, yeah, a really cool experience because um, most of w the women who came there um, never experienced before the, um, uh, I don't know how, um, in French you say non-mixité, it's like when you are uh, only women, you know, without men. And uh, mm -hmm. we had to leave this place because uh, of um, security reasons, uh, but um uh, near this place was living a man uh, with who we kind of uh, we kind of um, opened this quad together, and uh, well, the day when we wanted to come and to take back our um, stuffs, uh, he came with his friends and they started to take off the collage and to write uh, uh, things on the walls. Um, so they were trans activists. Um, and, uh, even after that, and they were, and they were writing, they were writing negative things. They were writing yeah, were uh, insults, um, things, you know, on the walls. Um, right. Okay. And okay. after that, they even uh, mm -hmm. had a party in front of our collage, um, with, uh, you know, like sex toys and drugs and they took pictures of them uh, in those like very sexualized postures in front of collage talking yeah. about dead women. Uh, so it was, um, for me, it was very disrespectful. Yes, and a, an illustration and, of, you know, mm -hmm. we radical feminists are fighting because we demand that uh, the murder of our sisters stop and they just come in front of it and uh, sexualize it. I mean, it's, yeah, really dis disrespectful. And you can see that they don't fight for women's rights. It's clear. No, no. Yeah. And that, that meant that you then had to leave the area. You were in some physical danger. They were threatening you, from what I understand. Uh, yes. Yes, uh, they made a collage in front of the place uh, where I lived. And uh, this man... Um, from uh, that I was talking about before, I knew my address and like I had proofs that uh, it was, um, you know, uh, some people were exchanging each other my address. So um, I I had to leave. <laughs> That's just horrible. I'm so sorry you had to go through that. I mean, you've been through so much, first with Femin, and now it's such a beautiful project, your collage. Um, and it's been, you know, um, yeah. now you're in physical danger. Uh, it's very unfair and it's, it's, it's quite vile what they're doing. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, how are you now? Is, are you secure now? Do you, is your safety, you ha you're safe, yeah, I'm, um, secure? I'm secure. Are they pursuing you? No, I'm secure because mm. uh, like somebody um, gave me like an apartment for uh, three months. So, but I have to find something else after, and um, <laughs> you know, I don't really know what yeah. I will do with my life actually because it's very difficult for me to find a job now uh, because uh, like a regular job because uh, everywhere. 
I would cope, people would um, recognize me, not like immediately, but after some weeks, they, they would know who I am. So um, I already lost right. um, my two previous jobs because of that. Um, so to try. <laughs> Did, am I, am I under, to understand that you were working in the school system your as a teacher or a, uh, I was an artist? Working, or? Uh, for two years, I was working in an association take, taking care of uh, refugees, um, teenagers. And then for a few months, I was uh -huh. uh, working, yes, in um, high school uh with uh teenagers and am i is it like in canada we ha in our school systems they have been so captured by this ideology by gender ideology that they they cannot even understand yet until we educate them what radical feminism is and what gender criticism is and so if you express any um uh reservations about gender ideology they therefore believe that you are a bigot or that you're you're very mean or that you're is it a similar situation in in france like do, do most people think that they side with um the the transgender uh uh point of view and then if you come in and you you ask questions about it suddenly you're the, you're a bad person you know is that kind of what's going on in france that's it uh, not yet everywhere mm -hmm. where in uh, in the um, leftist um, uh, places, yes, uh, if you just question the mm -hmm. ideology or uh, seen as transphobic and, and yeah, as you say, yeah, uh, bigot and blah, blah, it's not um, the case in all the society. But when I hear uh, what's happening in Canada or in the um, uh, Great Britain or you know I feel that we uh, we are close to it and it will happen if we don't do anything in mm -hmm. three years maybe it will be the same so I'm very I'm very afraid of it yeah and it, it's always comes down to this is that you know especially, you know, Amy and I work with COSBAR, the Canadian Women's Sex-Based mm -hmm. Rights. We are, we have to keep reminding people that we are absolutely pro-women and children. I mean, that we are not anti-trans. Mm -hmm. This is not the, the issue. The issue is that the gender ideology is uh, in conflict with women's mm -hmm. rights and women's protections, which are guaranteed to us in our constitution. Mm -hmm. Right. And and somehow women get, keep getting pushed to the side for some yeah. reason. Wonder why. <laughs> right? it, could it be sexism? Could it be, you know, that it's because, they're, you know, these male born people are coming in and dominating um, both in, you know, physical in a physical sense, but also in terms of the, the politics and the, the policies and the laws and et cetera. And we keep hearing on Twitter, too, you know, um, all over the world it's like oh my god look at Canada <laughs> you know what's going on in Canada and hearing it from you today um you know it's just like let Canada be the warning like don't go down the same route that we are going down <laughs> you know and and the other thing is is too we've been we've been um contacted by other organizations 
um, to be able to give them a report about what is happening on the ground, what is the practical application mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. the law. And because what they're doing, um, like for instance, in Scotland, where they're, they're under review with their, their gender laws, um, the, those uh, politicians who are advancing these gender um, self-ID laws are saying, oh, look, Canada, best practice. Um, they have no problems. They're leading the way. They're doing wonderful things there. Um, there's no problems in Canada. This is how they present it in mm -hmm. Parliament. Um, so, you know, we've had, for instance, the LGB Alliance get in touch to say, look, tell, get, tell us what's going on so we can go back to them. And so we told them exactly what's going on and all of the problems that we're having in the prisons mm -hmm. and, you know, um, in the shelters, in the schools, you know, on the streets, um, you know, the physical uh, threats of violence when we try to even go and attend talks uh, given by women who are speaking about women's concerns, you know, being physically threatened with Megan Murphy and all of that, you know. Um, Canada is leading the way, but not in a good way. <laughs> so um, I think it's great that we have this global movement of women coming together um, which is being made possible by finding out what's going on through social media and, you know, be, creating a real network. And it seems like it's growing week by week. And I do hope that France can avoid the problems that we've encountered in Canada because it's not, it's not good. It's not good for women well, and children. I hope to, you know, it became my goal uh, <laughs> because actually, like, I didn't mm -hmm. start to, like, it's not the, um, I, I don't know, it was not my concern, all this uh, stuff, so, you know, at the beginning, like, uh, the, the thing that people have to understand as well is that we are not fighting against trans people, you know. As you said, we're fighting for women's rights, and we consider that, and it's not we consider, it's the fact, trans activism is... Um, uh, acting badly, uh, bad English, but acting bad against uh, stereotypes, gender stereotypes, and it has even uh, mm -hmm. uh, very strong effects, as you can see in Canada in the real life. So at the beginning, it was not my, uh, you know, I was just fighting for women's rights. It's just that this thing entered in our feminism, you know, and I interp I really uh, understand it like at. After one point, feminists became, maybe after Me Too, feminists became so big in France that, um, um, so loud that um, the enemy was not coming from the outside anymore, you know, it's coming from the inside now, it's like uh, patriarchy is yeah, coming from the inside now, so it's even more difficult to fight. Um, and now, um, as... Um, like we are not so much like me talking uh, in France and saying what we think uh, really and um, about this. Uh, I, I'm trying to talk more and more and even to create a network in France right now of um, radical feminist activists that will um, now make collage like uh, a um, radical feminist collage all over uh, France to start yeah, to connect ourselves and to to express ourselves uh, about those uh, topics and uh, the goal is that uh, friends never go as far as as far as um, as Canada <laughs>
unfortunately i'm sorry yeah yeah no uh we we're happy to be the bad example for others <laughs> to save you but the very good thing is is that as other countries are seeing what's going on in canada they are creating laws like the it was great news coming out of the united kingdom um that they they are not going with um self identification gender self identification um and so we can now and then also the schools guidance that came out um uh, the same week it was a very good week in the united kingdom um where they um they the guidance that the that the ministry um of education is giving is that look do not reinforce gender stereotypes do not tell children that they are born mm -hmm. in the wrong body you know go with the evidence the evidence is not supporting that this is helpful for children also please keep the parents um informed of what's going on because in canada we actually have school policy that says that the schools should not tell the parents if the child wants to socially transition in school so it's against the parents rights i mean it's going completely against it so as these as the great news happens in the united kingdom and as we see other places you know with the new studies coming out all over the in scandinavia in 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 holland um that you know the evidence coming out that this early transition of children is not necessarily a good thing and possibly a very bad thing um in canada we can use all of this evidence um and so we're very um excited to see that the movement is growing and the evidence is growing and it's we just have to keep going with it despite the threats um and it's very hard i mean personally i am using a a, a pseudonym uh so that i do not get blacklisted in my mm -hmm. industry um eventually i will come out i hope and i hope it's sooner than later for now what i am doing is using the skills that i can use uh, behind the scenes in order to um activate other women and and raise you know raise consciousness and raise awareness of the problem so um and what you're doing there is is fantastic you know what, um what, with letting what, people what know Um, both to, uh, to give a voice, mm -hmm. you know, uh, especially on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, because on Instagram, you know, in France, I noticed that uh, many um, like teenagers or young women, the way they enter inside feminism is Instagram, and uh, in France, all the big uh, Instagram accounts uh, that we uh, feminist Instagram accounts that we have are all uh, queer and uh, all those uh, stuffs, you know, and it happens so many times like every day almost uh, that i receive messages from women saying oh uh what you're saying i i never heard it before so uh i entered feminism few months ago and uh now you're making me uh seeing things differently i never heard Uh, the arguments that you're giving so now i i see things a little bit differently or even some of them who really changed their minds or some of them who are saying um that they uh already um 
were having the same ideas than me, but they never saw anyone uh, expressing uh, the the same. So they were thinking, oh my my God, if I say it, everyone will say I'm transphobic, and blah, blah, blah. So um, the main thing for me is really like to give an access uh, to the, the women, especially, to uh to this uh to this to our feminist radical theory so they can uh choose even though some of them will not uh agree um at least they can choose and they can have an access to all the arguments you know and in france what is happening and that is very very dangerous is that uh the medias and especially the leftist medias they uh, really cancel us like me before I was um like the medias were giving me the like uh they 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 were calling me and uh, letting me express myself uh, and I was giving interviews and blah 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 now my book um was released and almost uh, nobody wants to talk about it and sometimes they say the reason that it's because of my trans activist uh, my my views on trans activism sometimes they don't say it uh, but I can guess. So that's a very big problem. The rightist media, yes. they don't want to talk about feminism. So, yeah. And the leftist medias, they are pro-queer. So that's um, a very big problem. The, the fact that the people can't have an access to our theory. Yes. Uh, it's being suppressed in Canada as well. So, and the, and the media is generally, most of it is leftist, uh, centrist, shall I say. Um, we do have some um, more conservative um, outlets in the mainstream, but the main paper that is considered to be conservative in the mainstream has also been captured, which has been seen by um, uh, a very famous columnist, Barbara Kay, who we will be having on the show um, in weeks to come, um, she eventually had to actually leave um, the National Post because she wrote a, a column about um, a review of Deborah So. Are you familiar with Deborah So's book, no, um, The End of Gender? Um, it's an important book that just came out in, in Canada and, and worldwide um, in English. I hopefully will be translated to French at some point. Um, but she, um, she reviewed the book. The book is a gender critical, takes mm -hmm. a gender critical approach and they, they, they did not, pub they did not want to publish her book review, which was, which was a favorable review of the book in a conservative paper. So even the conservative papers are being captured by gender ideology because the younger, uh, generations who want to are, are actually consider themselves to be woke, as we say, even if they're working for a conservative newspaper. It's, it's, it's really quite astonishing what's going on. So what, what's happening in Canada is that the alternative media is flourishing and, you know, people are getting the real information from the alternative media. And of course, that's a struggle because the alternative media is not taking, taken seriously by some people. So, but as it grows, it will have to gain legitimacy because um, people are just fleeing from the mainstream media that that are suppressing the information 
like as you say in in France, where they will not, they are not interested in your book because you're considered transphobic, and your book is very important. Let's talk about your book. How did that come about? That you know, you got the offer to to have a book uh, created about your project uh, collage. Tell us the name of the book and so when it was, was published. published and... um, two weeks ago, and the name is Héroine de la Rue. So hero, but in a feminine way, uh -huh. heroine, I don't know how to say, from the streets. Yeah. Heroines, yes, exactly. heroines of the streets. And so it's not talking only yeah. about the collage, mm -hmm. it's talking like, it's, it, it's talking about my life, let's say, but about all, um, all the things that have, uh -huh. um, uh, that are related to the streets. So um, how I faced street harassment, how I faced also harassment in the school and um, the um, the fact that you can uh, relate the two subjects like uh, I don't know how to say it in English like what's happening for the for the um, for the girls at school uh, has an influence of um, regarding what's happening for women in the streets after and so how I entered feminine to. Uh, take back the power in the streets as a woman. And also it's talking about um, how, uh, you know, the stereotype says that women in the streets are in danger, but um, actually with the COVID, COVID crisis, we realized that uh, the intimacy and the, the, um, the home uh, is, uh, is the place of danger for women yes. as well. So it's a call to uh, go in the streets for women and to act. And so it's talking about the collage as well. And the main point is to say that, you know, the sorority that um, we, we talk, uh, uh, you say sorority in English? We understand sorority, yes, but we sisterhood. use sisterhood. It's something that more uh, often inside feminism, yep. we, mm -hmm. we talk a lot about it, you know, but <clears throat> many times not really applied. And I think yep. the, the best way to apply it, it's not only to gather up and, uh, and talk and have discussions. It's to make really things with our bodies and our hands uh, together. And um, you know, when you make a, a feminine action together, or when you you go out in the street to stick collage uh, together um, between women, it truly really creates links that are um, forever. And I think it's the best way to, um, to create sisterhood. So I'm calling women, uh, really to, to do it, to experience it because it's, um, really powerful, uh, as a political tool, uh, to talk, uh, for the other women, also for those who uh, are not able to talk for themselves at the moment. But it's also, Powerful because it changes. I think every woman who does it, it changes the um, the way she feels in the streets, uh, the way she she will walk in the streets after, uh, and it really um, changed the um, thousands, dozens of thousands um, women uh, in France. I mean, the the women who did it, I know that it really changed them, and so I'm calling women to to do it. You know. Mm, you're so inspiring. You make me want to go out into but the street oh. with with a bucket of glue and some <laughs> images. <laughs> so, how do how do women? Yeah, how do women find out about how to do this? Do they can they contact you if they want to start uh, something some in their of them, own city? They contacted me at the beginning, and then some of them. <clears throat> 
sorry, some of them just started to do it on their own. And then I um, realized that, you know, some women were doing it as well in Istanbul or Berlin, in London, in um, in Portugal, in, uh, in Asia even. So, um, uh, you know, you, you don't need to contact wow. me uh, to do it. It's a very simple way. I think that's also why it really worked um very well because you know women are always told that they are not able to do big things and so uh with this technique women so that it's you know it's very simple it's just a sheet of paper you have it at home uh with a uh, black paint and with glue you can just go and buy it in the supermarket you know so it's um yeah. tools uh yeah very simple tools it's very inexpensive, very cheap Any, tools yeah, and very simple. And you have a technique how how you um, you're doing it in such a way where you very quick. You have a, a very quick technique, right? So you're not caught. <laughs> Sometimes we are by the police, uh, but most of the time we are not. And yes, you try mm -hmm. to do it quickly. And you know, after one two times of doing it, you get used to it and you get the technique very very quickly. Wow. What an amazing story, an amazing journey that you've been on. And you're a very inspiring activist, Marguerite. I'm so Thanks. so glad that we got to speak. And I think you're doing so much for women. Can you tell us where they can find out more information about our, our listeners about your book? And um, I know that it's in French. Hopefully it will be translated into English and other languages someday. But for our Francophone uh, audience, if is, uh, in where French, can they you find your book? In any uh, store that sells book. Uh, or you can also... Um, uh, have it on the internet like uh, you can order it on the internet and it's, it's so if they would just google Erin de la Rue it, they will find it and it, what about um, is there a specific website that they could go to find out more information uh, no, about I what you're doing I just have my social media so my twitter account and instagram account and uh, okay. if some women like are inspired by that and want to 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 start to to stick pastors or to 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 yeah to gather uh, to gather up as groups and to to start to do it but they don't really know how to do it and they have questions of course they can write to me I always answer and it will always be a pleasure oh that's beautiful well thank you so much wishing you all the best in your uh, activism in your life and to stay healthy and safe um, and look after yourself um, because women need you and you've been doing such wonderful work. So thank you, Marguerite. Mm, thank you so and, much. Uh, bonne bonne nuit. Good night. Hey, we got some feedback. Have a listen. Hi. I wanted to extend my congratulations and gratitude for this new podcast. I think this podcast will be extremely important in building a Canadian gender-critical community, one that I think will be absolutely necessary to make the changes we want to see in Canada's laws and policies in the interest of women's and children's safety and rights. I know from my own experience that it was through the formalization of COSBAR finding other women who felt and thought the same as I did, that I found the courage to begin to speak up about these concerns in my personal community and on social media. There really is strength in numbers, and I fully expect we will begin to feel these strength gains as our numbers increase. Amy and Esme and Megan, thank you for your efforts in spearheading this movement. 
for being out and real and honest and smart, for being great role models and leaders. I can't wait for the next podcast. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. Gender Critical Story Hour is written and produced by Amy Hamm and Esme V. Intro music by Nahanda. And we'd love to hear from you. Tell us your peak trans stories, how gender identity ideology has impacted your life, or just say hi and let us know your thoughts about the podcast. Write to us at gendercriticalstoryhour at gmail.com. Tweet to us at gcstoryhour. Take care, keep strong, and keep talking. Bye for now. Gender Critical Story Hour is sponsored by the mythical biological female. I'm your mother.